2 Timothy, chapter 1. I'm hoping not to keep you too long today. I know you all have reservations. You're taking mom out. So we won't keep you too long, I'm hoping. I'm just going to give you some things to think about. 2 Timothy, chapter 1. I want to talk a little bit about a mother's unfeigned faith and some other things, but particularly about a mother's faith. But listen to this verse. For weeks, a six-year-old boy kept telling his first-class teacher about the baby brother or sister that was expected at his house. One day, the mother allowed the boy to feel the movements of the unborn child in her stomach. And the six-year-old was very impressed but said no more about it. And furthermore, he stopped telling his teacher about the upcoming event. The teacher finally sat the boy on her lap and said, Tommy, whatever has become of that baby brother or sister that you were expecting? Tommy burst into tears saying, I think mommy ate it. (laughs) Has that ever happened to you? (laughs) All right. Good, we laughed before we get into this. (laughs) Second Timothy chapter 1. And in verse 1, a mother's faith. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve for my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. And I am persuaded that in thee also. Unfeigned faith. So here we have this. Paul is just kind of blown away by the old idea that this faith was passed on from Lois to Eunice and to Eunice's son, Timothy. Now, what is unfeigned faith? What is it? Well, it's real faith. It's faith that's real. It's it's faith that the rubber hits the road, you know? It's practical. It's everyday. It's life-changing faith that we find in mothers. And God is able faith, you know? Where Where you have all kind of problems and troubles you're going through, but God is able to get you through to the other side. It's a faith that is hopeful and doesn't give up on God. That's what real faith is. Unfeigned faith. People can feign they're sick. That means they're pretending. They're faking that they're sick. But unfeigned means it's genuine. It's real. And this mother's faith, Paul said, was unfeigned. It was real. It's a faith that trusts God. It's a faith that really believes God. And we certainly need that today because a mother's walk with God is so important today in the world that we're living in, that mommy's living for God because she's with those kids so much and she has such an impression and influence in the home. How many stories of a mother's faith may never be told? And grandmothers, by the way, because the Bible says it dwelt first in thy grandmother, Lois. Think about that, grandmoms. What are you passing on to your daughters as they pass it on to their daughters? It dwelt first in Lois. How many souls are saved 
because of a mother is faithful in praying. Think about that. We all have a mother. And think about your salvation and how that came about. How many mothers prayed for their children? It was my mother that said, Dan, go to church. She just knew that if I got over to that Baptist church, I'd hear the gospel. You know what? She was right. I went and heard the the gospel, and as the tears came down my eyes, and I sat on that back row, you couldn't get any closer to being outside than me. I sat as far in the back as I could. And there was 400 people in that auditorium, and I was all the way against the wall, and he was still preaching at me. He was preaching right at me. And I would raise my hand in the invitation, and tears would come down my eyes, because I was lost and I knew it. It was because of a mother's prayers. Dan, go to church. She knew that I needed God. You know, faith is passed on from one mother to another. And to another. Lois, to Eunice, and now to Timothy, a man of God. I wonder how many Timothy affected in his ministry. Can you see how it multiplies? It doesn't just add. It multiplies a mother's faith. Moms, what can I say but keep trusting God? Don't give up on Him. He will not give up on you. You are influencing so many lives. Not just your children, but who they will affect also when they get saved. Mothers have an amazing influence in the home. Where would we be without them, seriously? I mean, where would we be without moms? You know, since the Father is the head of the home, like Jesus is the head of the church, and hopefully, obviously, in the church, He is the authority. The Father is to be the authority in the home. Well, then the mother would be like the Holy Spirit. That influence. That quiet influence. You know, the Holy Spirit only speaks of Jesus. He doesn't glorify Himself. He glorifies Jesus. And the mother is that quiet influence in the home. She's the mood setter. She sets the temperature. Sometimes it's cold. (laughs) Sometimes it's hot. But she's the mood setter. She's like the Holy Spirit. But she usually can be the quiet influence. It's her disposition that can rule in the home. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2 says this, Honor thy father and mother which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and and thou mayest live long on the earth. A mother is to be honored. Even when the man takes a wife and leaves his home, he is still to honor his mother and father. That doesn't mean that they are now his uh, ruling and reigning in his home, this new family, but they are to be honored. And a mother is to continue to be honored. That means esteemed very highly. She's your mother. And moms, you ought not settle for less. You ought to demand it. Your children honor you. Why? (laughs) It's the first commandment with a promise. That it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Hey, you young people want to disrespect your mother? You're shortening your life. That's what the Bible says. You are shortening your life. Because if you disrespect her, you'll disrespect other authority, and you'll begin to live like that. 
and you will shorten your life. You better honor your mother. Don't disrespect her. Treat her with... If you don't treat her with reverence, you're going to shorten your life. You are setting yourself up for misery. A mother is to be honored. That's what the Bible says. Turn to Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs chapter 30. And in verse 11. I wonder if we're here right now, a generation. There is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. What a shame. There's an unnatural love in the world. It's for, it's for themselves. We love ourselves way too much. And, and there's a generation that curses their father and they won't bless their mother. A mother is to be blessed. She is to be wished well. Do good for her. Speak well of her. Be good to her. Respect her. That's blessing. She is to be blessed. Mother is to be obeyed. Chapter 31. I'm sorry, chapter 30. Just go to verse 17. Look at this. The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out. And the young eagles shall eat it. So, the young person, the eye that mocketh at his father and despises to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. It doesn't bode well for young people who disrespect their mom and dad. If I was you, when you went outside, I'd close my eyes. The Bible wants us to obey our mother. Disobedient children, as I said, should keep their eyes closed when they go outside. But see, they're going to live a life that causes them to have an early death. They're not going to live as long as God intended. And troubles are going to come into their shortened life. This is serious stuff. There is a whole generation out there that is not obeying their mother. Nor their father. Look at Proverbs 23. Proverbs chapter 23. And in verse 22. It says, Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. (laughs) I looked actually what was an antonym or the opposite of despise. And I came up with this. A mother is to be cherished. Not despised. Cherished, admired, appreciated. Now there's a novel idea. Appreciating your mother. I mean, she's a nutritionist. She fixes meals every day for at least two to five or seven people. Who knows? Well, eight. I don't know. How many are you doing? Sure, you are a master nutritionist. But she's a nutritionist. She's a mediator. She's breaking up fights in the house. Amen. Right? And this disputes. She's a nurse. Where do you go when you skin your knee? To mommy. Because daddy just says, ah, be off with you. It's all right. You're all right. You're still breathing. And, but it's the all-knowing mommy that we go to for our homework. 
Mommy, how do you do this? How do you do that? She knows everything. Mommies are the all-knowing mommies. They ought to be appreciated. They ought to be cherished. And they have wise counsel also that sometimes we put aside. We ought to listen to our mothers. You know, a mother's faith is powerful and it's life-changing. Turn back to 2 Timothy. Turn back to 2 Timothy. You know what we read there in verse, in chapter 1. This was real faith. This was unfeigned faith. In, in verse 5 there of chapter 1. When I call to remembrance, Paul says, when I think about that genuine faith, that real faith that I saw, that dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and, and thy mother Eunice, and now in Timothy, right? Now look at chapter 3. Chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. In verse 15. And that from a child, Paul's still talking about Timothy, and that from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now look, faith is not inherited. You don't inherit faith. But it is passed on from one generation to the next. By how? The godly influence of the parents. And mommy, you are with those children so much. Your influence. Here, it's the mother. Timothy's father was a Greek. Now, I don't know if he ever got saved. He may have. But the mother was a Jewish, was Jewish, and the father was a Greek. She learned, he learned his faith. He put his faith in Jesus Christ because of his mother who taught him. I believe he learned it at the knees of his mommy. So, faith is not inherited, but it is passed on. And that from a child. You know, you can't start young enough teaching your children about Jesus Christ. You would be surprised how much that they take in by telling them. They, they, they know these scriptures you hear. Six, seven, eight-year-olds quoting long scriptures. They absorb it there like a sponge. Now look, Paul was moved. He was persuaded, it says in chapter 1. I am persuaded that in thee also, Timothy, I see that same faith that your mother had and your grandmother. It was moved, it moved Paul to tell him that. It's written in Scripture for us. It's, it was inspired of God that we would know that a mother's faith can be passed on and have such an influence as it did on Timothy. That from a child, Eunice talked to her son about Christ. Paul exhorts Timothy... To keep going on in the things that you learned at the knees of your mother and your grandmother. The things that you teach your children, they will never forget. And you know what? Back in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, 1 Timothy 4, 6, it says this, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith. And of a good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. I mean, once he finally uh, went into the ministry and, and Paul was his, uh, the one that probably uh, trained him up. It says there that he became a good minister. He was fed and trained up in the words of Scripture. Where do you think that started? With his mother, Eunice. And his grandmother, Lois. It was mothers. Do you see how important? Your ministry is in the home. You have a ministry. Here, Timothy becomes a man of God. He was fed and trained the Scriptures at his mother's knee first. 
Timothy's mother's faith created an environment for him to become a Christian. Well, Mom, those kids can hear about Jesus Christ first from you. You can share your faith with them. You can tell them what Jesus did for you. You too can lead your children to Jesus Christ. Pray for them. That's because a mother's faith is powerful and it's life-changing. A mother's teaching is powerful and life-changing. Look right back there in chapter 3 again. Look at verse 14. But continue thou, he says to Timothy, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child, he goes on, about the Holy Scriptures. You know, Timothy's mother told him the Bible. These were things that he learned from his mother. I'm just trying to encourage you mothers, you're not wasting your time. There's never a vain moment spent when you're teaching your children about Jesus Christ and living it out before them. How many children get saved because of mommy and her prayers and her faith? You might be the first in your family. I thought I was a first... First generation Christian, though I found out my mother was a Christian. All those years it was muffled and I didn't know. But you could be a first generation Christian. I believe it was Eunice who led her son Timothy to Jesus Christ. And you can do the same. The circumstances may be different in your home. But you still have a great influence on those children when you open the Bible and begin to tell them what Jesus Christ did for them. Now look, Proverbs 22.6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. And it was Timothy's Bible training that would get him through the difficult times. And in verses 12 and 13, there in chapter 3, look what it says. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Paul's talking to, to Timothy, this preacher. And he's telling them, things are going to get worse and worse and you're going to suffer persecution, Timothy. But evil men, in verse 13, and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being, being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. Verse 14. Timothy, when that comes, go back to your Bible training. Lean on the things that you learned at your mother's knee and the things that I have taught you. You know why? Because it's more important than school. It's more important than this meeting. Being here in this meeting. It's more important than the Bible club. It's more important than the youth group. It's more important than children's church. What's done in the home is what will last forever. Not just what here, these, these hours that you spend in these different ministries or at the Bible club and things like that. It's what's done in the home. That's the foundation. All we're doing is trying to build on top of the foundation you're laying in the home. That's the most important. The time a mother spends with her children. In the Bible. Turn to Proverbs. Back to Proverbs. 31. Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 1. The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother 
taught him. This king had a mother who taught him some things. Lemuel's mother taught him some valuable lessons, some valuable truths. And as I said before, any time you spend with your children in the Bible is never in vain. Not a second of it. Lemuel learned some things. And why is it so important that you make your home a place where those children can learn the Word of God and be influenced by a mother's unfeigned faith? Because the moment they open the door, there's drugs, drink, sexual immorality, danger, darkness right outside the door. I think, uh, I think they need to have a home that's like heaven. A place where they can go that's safe. That Jesus is there. The Holy Spirit's there. You see, mom and dad. And like I say, some homes are different. But look, mom, the time that you spend with your children, you're never going to regret it when you open that Bible. You don't want to get them involved in all this stuff. Because look, verse 3 says, Give not thy strength unto women, Lemuel, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. Now she's talking to her son. Stay away from the strange, le- the strange women, Lemuel. Stay pure until you get married. You won't have to worry about STDs. All the stuff that's out there. If you just stay away from the strange women. Wait till you get married. There's another novel idea. Girls, think for a moment. Think for a moment (laughs) before you give yourself away. Before you give your heart to somebody. And in a moment you may regret it. Because when a woman gives herself away, she's giving away her heart. A lot of trust. Where the man doesn't look at it that way. You see? Girls, keep yourself pure until you get married. And moms, protect them. Tell them. Put loving boundaries in, in, in place there. And don't compromise. Hebrews 13.4 says, The marriage bed is honorable and all, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. We don't want to get down that road, do we? Verse 4 says, It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for princes strong drink. Stay away from the drink. Make sure your children never get addicted to drugs or alcohol. There's a road you don't want to go down. As the addict, let alone the mother, cries herself to sleep at night, worried about her son or daughter, where they're at. Your children may never have to suffer addiction. Wouldn't that be nice? Put the time in. Verse 8. Open thy mouth for the dumb and the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. And I just thought of those who can't speak for themselves. Speak for them. And there's a whole generation that's lost out there that doesn't know Christ. God is not in their thoughts. Go after them. And judge righteously. Wouldn't you like your kids to be able to make good decisions? That would be nice. Because they've learned the Bible. And they trust the Bible. And they're able to make good decisions as they leave the home. They're ready to leave the home. They're independent. They're standing on their own faith and their own two feet. And they're able to make good decisions. A mother's example is powerful and life-changing. Turn to First Peter. 
Where's Peter? First Peter chapter 3. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be the, that outward adorning of plating of the hair and a wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner, in old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Now I know that this is in particular to a wife living a, a life that is exemplary before her husband who may be lost or backslidden, and she can win him back without beating him over the head with her King James Bible. Amen? She can win him back just by the way she lives. Alright? Just by watching her manner of life. But you know what? In verse 2 it says, While they behold your chaste. In particular, it's speaking to the husbands. But you know what? That they can be the children too. You know what? Children can spot a hypocrite like that. They know whether you mean it or not. They know whether something comes from the heart. They know whether somebody really cares about them. Uh, uh, kids are good at that. And, uh, you know, in, this, in these verses of Scripture, Sarah set an example for women to follow. Christian women should be admonished to follow the same kind of life that Sarah led as a wife and a mother. Hebrews 11.11 says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past Age. What was she, 90? Because she judged him faithful who promised. It's good when you get on board with what God's doing. That was God's will, and Sarah got on board. Don't miss the blessings that God has for your family. Get on board because God has blessings for your family. Trust Him, like Sarah did. Romans 4.19 said uh, Abraham was well past age, and Sarah had a dead womb. But God brought it to life. She judged him faithful who had promised. Sarah is a glowing example of a woman who trusted in God, who had faith in God. Sarah's daily life and behavior showed her reverence for God. Now look, your kids see you every day in the home. A chaste conversation. Living a life that is pure, honest. Lifting up Jesus Christ in the home. Modesty. Women dressing modestly, not drawing attention to themselves. I'm not going to preach on modesty, but let me tell you where a man's gaze ought to go when you get dressed, girls. Right here. On the face. Not from here down. Right here is where the gaze ought to go. If you're drawing them any other way, then you're not dressing modestly. A meek and gentle spirit. Subjection. She was in subjection to her husband. I know that doesn't rub Christians well. Tough. It's the Bible. It's why we have so many problems in the home sometimes. Because the man isn't being the man and the woman isn't being the woman and the kids spot the whole thing. They see the hypocrisy in the home. But Sarah's daily life and behavior showed she reverenced God. She respected God. 
For God, the outside is not nearly as important as the inside. God looks at the heart. And He said, a woman's spirit is of great price. He puts a high value on what He sees in the heart. The woman's spirit. Now, if you ladies are here this morning, uh, you're saved, that means you're the daughters of Abraham. Amen? Daughters of faith. You're the daughters of Abraham. Then ye do well to follow the same example. That's what it's saying. You do well to follow the same example Sarah had and obey God from the heart. And that is beautiful. That radiates out from the inside out. We spend all of us, men too. I, I, look, I never expected 40 years ago that I'd be putting gel on my hair. No way. And at one time I was actually spraying that spritz because my hair sticks straight up if I don't have it. I never thought I'd be doing that. We men spend a little time on ourselves also. But God is interested in this. How much time do you spend on your spirit, on your heart? Because that is what God says is of great price. That's where the beauty radiates out from inside out. Think how much influence. Think how much influence for good you could have on your daughters under your own roof. If you just follow Sarah's example. They're watching you, Mommy. (laughs) Your actions will be the greatest teacher. Don't be a hypocrite. Finally, I just want to share this with you. Matthew chapter 15. I told you I wouldn't be long. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 21. And Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. She said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole. From that very hour. Here's a mother whose faith accomplished a lot. She had a sick daughter. This is a Gentile woman, too. She believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And she believed He could do something for her daughter. Do you really believe God can do something for your family? For that lost child? For that one that's away from God? For the one that's going down a wrong road. Do you really believe God can do something about it? Look, a mother's trouble, I mean, a, a mother's trouble, uh, the bad decisions and the, and the sicknesses and, and uh, all the problems that the, chi- that the children have are the mother's trouble too. In verse 22, 
It says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. I mean, this child had a demon inside of her. Now look, some of our children have just, they're sick. Maybe they have a bad sickness. They've made some bad choices. They're not separated from the world. Uh, They're going down the wrong path. This woman had a daughter who had a demon inside of her. And she was troubled about it. Because the children's troubles are a mother's troubles. What do you do? Where do you go? You put your faith in God. That's what you do. Like this woman did. And the first plea was, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Don't give us what we deserve. Have pity and compassion on us, Lord. That was the mother's cry in verse 22. Have mercy. And what did she get for that? No answer. Absolute silence. But he answered her not a word. Have you ever cried out to God and not heard nothing? You haven't heard anything. And you wonder if God's there. When God is silent, it does not mean that He's not listening. And when God is silent, it doesn't mean that He's not moved by what's going on in your life. When God is silent, it does not mean that He's not concerned about the things that you're concerned about. He may just be testing your faith. But He was completely silent. In fact, He was silent and others didn't understand anything about what Jesus was doing. In fact, they said, get her away. She was bothering us. She was just being a persistent mother. And there's going to be people that when you're going through your troubles and you're crying out to God, they're not going to quite understand it the way you do. That's okay. Keep your faith in the Lord. But here's a mother's cry. Here, look at the second one. Verse 25, she says, finally she comes to the point, she says, Lord, help me. It sounds like Peter saying, Lord, save me. Help me, Lord. More testing. Jesus Jesus was putting this mother through a test. Verse 23 says, He answered her not a word. He was silent. His disciples came and besought Him, saying, Send her away. She's becoming a real pain. She's bothering us. But He answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I'm not even come here for you, Gentiles. I'm here to come to the Jews. To present myself as the Messiah. I'm not here for you. Is what he's saying. What's he trying to do? Let's see if she, let's see if that's enough for her to turn her away. Let's see how deep her faith is. Let's see how bad she wants me to do something. Then in verse 26, but he answered and said, "It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs." Well, there's a. <laughs> how'd you like to hear that, Mom, from the lips of Jesus? He was simply stating what most people would say amongst themselves, we're the children of God as the Jews, and you're dogs. The Gentiles were dogs. That's what they were called. It was a term of reproach. And Jesus said, it's not meat to take the children's meat, the children's bread, and He's really checking this mother's faith now, and give it to the dogs. The Gentiles, as the Jews say. What does she say? All right, I've had enough of you. God, you're not answering me. When you do, it's not what I want to hear. So goodbye. I don't believe in you anymore. You don't care about my situation. That's not what he said. She said, 
And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. She was persistent. She just kept, kept trusting in Him. He could not get rid of her. Her faith drew her to Him to get an answer. Maybe you're being tested today. Maybe God's putting you through a test with your children. I don't know how He's going to test your faith. Maybe it'll be tomorrow. Maybe it was yesterday. Maybe a constant yearning you need in your heart to always depend on God. Maybe He just wants to get you to that point. I don't know, but this mother didn't give up. She said, Lord, that's the truth. The Jews are the children of God and we're called dogs. We're outsiders. But I'll tell you what, the dogs can have the crumbs, the little bits of grace. If you just give us this much grace, it'll be enough, Lord. We'll take just the crumbs that come off the table. And Jesus was impressed with that. And that's why we have a mother's triumph. Because in verse 28, Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. I've tested it, and you've come out polished. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. What you wanted is now answered. And when she went away, the demon was gone, and her child was healed. 1 John 5, 4 says, And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Oh, the faith of a mother. This story is, should be encouraging for you mothers, you know, and fathers, who have prayed long and hard for your children. Through the years have gone by, don't be discouraged. God's silence, as I said before, is not His unconcern. Because you don't hear from God, or it isn't happening in your time frame, God still loves you. And He loves your children. He kept this mother waiting, but look at the result. Faith was the key that unlocked the miracle and the blessings which came. And just what she needed. Mothers, don't stop praying for that son or daughter who's away from God. Who's still walking in the ways of sin. Who's still not where you would want them to be in relationship with God. Don't give up. In fact, in those times, draw even nearer to Him. Because I think that's what He wants. He wants to draw us even, even closer and closer to Him. And trust Him completely. You know, I could tell you of Elizabeth and Ruth, the grandmother of David. How about the widow of Zarephath? Hmm? There's a one-parent home, a struggling mother. Stories right here in this room. You could stand up and talk about how God has been faithful when you've trusted Him and you've seen the blessings in your life. Faith is rewarded. Let me just say this though, moms, you can have an eternal influence on your children. You can leave them a godly heritage. And mothers, your influence in the home can be for good or bad. You set the temperature. You decide whether you're going to watch TV or, I don't know, whatever you do. And not open the Bible and say, let's sit down and just, let's read some verses of Scripture. I'm telling you, God's holding you accountable. Like he is the husband and the father. But you have an influence for good or for bad. It's your choice. But don't ever stop trusting and praying to God. Even for the children you might not even have right now. If God gives you children, then dedicate them to the Lord. God still may have something in your future. Remember the Lord is with you through the grief and the joy of raising a family. God is there. 
He hasn't gone anywhere. And the fruit of all your labor is a goodly heritage for the next generation. But I have one more thing. One final thing. Mom, are you saved? Otherwise, this this message is what could happen. It's what you could be in store for. It's what could be a part of your life, but it's not. Because until you become a child of God, these promises are for Christians. Although, these eternal, these promises and these, these truths would fit anyone. But mom, are you saved? I guess is what I'm saying. Do you know for sure, if you died right now, you'd go to heaven? Have you ever been born again? When? You've had some people that are starting to realize, I've just rehearsed some words, or uh, I've always been in the church, or uh, I know all about religion, uh, or I grew up with it. In the, but you've never personally received Jesus Christ as your Savior. You were never born again. You can't remember when that happened. Maybe you're not born again. Maybe you're not saved. Today would be a good day to get saved. Oh, Mother's Day. Let's bow our heads. Please, every head bowed. No one looking around. You have enough to do with your own life and your own heart before God to look around. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to ask a question. Mom, are you saved? Of course, I'm speaking to dads too and I'm speaking to everybody in this room. But I wonder if there's a mother out there that says, I've, I've never quite heard it like that before. I, I can't remember when I got saved. I can't remember when I've trusted Christ alone for salvation. I can't remember being born again. I really don't know for sure what would happen if I died right now. I know I love my children. I love my husband. I love my mom and dad. But I don't know that I love Jesus like that. Have I ever gotten saved? If you've never been saved, if you can't remember a time when you were born again, would you just look up at me? You're not sure you're saved. Just quickly, just, just glance up at me, look up at me, and you don't know that you're saved. Moms, Christians, you need to keep praying every day. You need to keep trusting God. I know. We've been here long enough now that I know a lot of the heartaches in this room. And you know some of ours. Kathy and ours. But I know there's some heartaches out there. Mom, don't give up on God. He's concerned about the things you're concerned about. And He's going to help you. And it's going to, it's going to be alright. You just keep trusting Him. Because He loves you. Don't Have that genuine faith. In the Lord. Father, as far as I could tell, there was no one here that wasn't sure they were saved or we're all Christians here. But Lord, I pray if there's one here that really wasn't sure, didn't, didn't look up at me, just, it's just not the day. I, I pray, Father, they think seriously about this. That they would ask somebody, that they would talk to somebody, Andrew or Tony or just, just about any, any, uh, of the moms here that are saved, and just say, I, I just don't know. I, I, I can't remember. God, I pray that you would help them to wrestle with that in their heart. 
Why go away time after time after time without being saved? God, please, you care about this a whole lot more than we do. So, Father, I pray also for those Christian moms out there that are still, their children have troubles, and guess what? It's their troubles too. And for the moms that don't have their children with them, I pray for them that they would keep trusting the Lord and knowing that He's there and feels every hurt, desperation sometimes that they do. He's touched with our infirmities, the Bible says. So, Father, I pray that You would bless the moms today. This is their day. It should be every day. Father, I pray that You'd also bless what we're about to, uh, the gift. And as the kids come out, Lord, I pray You just bless this whole time. And uh, we thank You, Lord, for what You're going to do. In Jesus' name, Amen.